0: The show may contain naughty language and explicit content, you have been warned.
1: Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast, bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. Stay tuned and get ready for some Hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer episode 52. It's me, Russ the Face. I'm joined by Baron the Champion Ward. Uh, hey. um, we're here to talk about Adepticon or the road to it, I should say. Or more like the air flight. to it. Yeah, the air to Adepticon. The f- the flight to it. We're not getting on a boat. Not no, doing it's not, that. it's not a smooth one. No, let's not do that. Um, so it's uh, just me and Byron tonight. We are literally been prepping for Adepticon last minute, left everything, haven't thought about it until
0: the last minute. Uh, yeah, so I put gonna... a load of turquoise things in a battle foam case and shipped it. That's that's bloody Have you worrying. Actually shipped your army? Yeah, shipped, posted. Wow, it's out, it's out of my hands, and I'm cacking it.
1: How did you find the process of putting your army in
0: foam? Not too, but I mean, it took a long time. Uh, I took a couple of videos that I'll post uh, on our Twitter and stuff. It took a long time, but it wasn't as difficult as I thought. The most difficult bit was I used pick and pluck foam for my big birdies, and working out the bottom half of that is absolutely fine. But that, like, so to try and explain this, so making the the lid. If I'm making a, a box with a bottom and a top. Like putting your model down on foam and then cutting around it, so to speak, by removing, by plucking out these things is fine. But you can't rest models upside down and look at their, not footprint, like head and shoulders print. Mm. So I had to, I had to like, I basically drew out on paper a grid, um, because the foam's in squares. So like nine by eight, whatever it was. Um, and then I, Took that out, cut it out for how the bottom was, which was working nicely. Flipped it over and put that as a stencil on my lid foam, and then used that to pluck out the right things there. Still, nearly screwed it up because the moment you have to invert something, it makes it a lot more tricky to work out. If you're simpleton like me, you could just um, flip the paper over. Yeah, that's what I ha- that's what I did. Um, but still, there's a lot of guesswork involved because the mod, like you can't balance the model perfectly upside down, whereas you can just stand the model on its base. On top of the foam, look at it from above, bird's eye view, and be like, oh, "Okay, it's three wide at it's bum," and then these wings stick out like seven more, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas, like trying to guess a dragon upside down, squinting one eye, holding it, looking at it, just doesn't work at all. It turns out, so it's kind of a, uh, a guesswork thing. But I managed to work out uh, kind of an okay way to do that. Put them all in, and I'm just crossing my fingers that that'll be okay. Stuff like the skinks was fine, apart from some more some blow pipes stuck out a little bit more than others. Clade uh, guard, okay. And actually, the most problematic thing that wasn't the obvious stuff like the the dragon or the Carl Franz model I used as a frost heart. Um, the most problematic stuff was my cavalry because the horses are really dynamic and they're just not a size that fits with any yeah any normal like. It's not like a Terminator-sized one or a troll-sized one or a large infantry or even a cavalry because they're they're all dynamic on their bases and higgledy-piggledy. So um, yeah, they uh, and okay, it just took longer than I thought, but it was easier than I thought. Um, And then I guess we get get to find out if I open my case to tears upon arrival. Touch wood.
1: (laughs) Well, hopefully not open to tears, but um, yeah, it's worry. Um so I've been tackling my transport issues well in advance. Um I knew that if I left it to the last minute I'd end up doing something silly and half assed and
0: involving toilet crazy. roll and a shoebox.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the games workshop um games night method of transport. Um kitchen roll in a cardboard box. Um didn't quite <laughs> want to go there. Um so I was a little bit worried. So I did I basically I spent a lot of time researching battle foam cases now um they do something called the pack air um and when i looked at it i went that thing is huge right it that is, pack air is massive use. and and then i looked and i went it's actually too big to go in your hand luggage because it's based on old regulations um so i went pack air is too big so i'm not i'm not even going to look at that um, but I'd planned out my army to go in the pack air. And when I looked at the baggage restrictions, I was like, actually, it's it's far too big. Um, then I was like, OK, so if I'm going to hand luggage my army. Um, so I, I, I asked Tomlin and he said that the pack 432 was OK. And so did Dan. And I was like, well, the 432 is OK. But 432 is a lot smaller. And I, my army is quite big. So I am taking a Nurgle army and I've got a great and clean one. Six rock Flies, Lord of Afflictions, you know, lots of big models, plus trees now. Um, and I was thinking, how am I going to fit my army in a, that 432 case? So I planned it out. I thought I need to get some foam. I'm going to buy extra and different sizes so I can plan it and play around and see what fits. But I also saw something called Magnorax, um, which is basically uh, pegs. Uh, lots of plastic tubes and metal plates with uh, plastic rim and plugs and different sizes and and you basically build like a
0: like a shelving unit. This is still um, a Battlepheno product, right?
1: It is a battle foam product. Yeah. yeah. And the base is me- metal, so you can magnetise your models and it sticks to it. So I thought that looks really good. The depth's about nine inches, so it fits in an IKEA cabinet. Um, so I was like, oh, that's useful. Um, and I ordered those as well, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to go with, so I just ordered both, and I thought, well, I don't want, don't want to mess around, I just want to get it on, and a like, make the decision. So, got it in, uh, and the Magna Racks are basically a winner, so, um, I magnetised my army, it all fits on the Magna Racks, in the case, magnetised, and I thought, then I thought, hang on, magnets, can is that okay? So I searched that, and apparently that is okay, so, magnets is not a problem, um, so that's what I'm doing. So I've got a Magna set in a Battle Foam 432 for my army. Um, now, quite lucky I did do it early, because when Les went to do the same thing, they were out of stock. So I was quite happy they've, I ordered. They've
0: sold out country-wide, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. He obviously didn't look very hard, because I know that we've got one left at Element at a time of recording. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I did say that you know I think he ordered Direct, but um, yeah. Yeah, she should give so, me a ring. Yeah, exactly. I did mention it, but anyway. Um, so uh, so anyway, that's what I'm doing for um, my transport, so I was happy to do that. And um, I actually got to transport some Shadespire as well, so I've got a deck box, um, Ultimate Guard, uh, really nice. I use those a lot uh, for other games, um, so I've got that. And haven't thought about packing. I might take some board games in the bottom of my case. Depends how much room I've got, really. Um, we're there for a week so it'd be nice to have a couple games that are like small but co-op and fun um so I might take some of those I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff there to play but you know I don't want to buy too much cuz it's bringing it back you know
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, yeah so that's that's what I'm doing for army transport
0: um top I... tip though if you do if you do want to buy like a shit ton of stuff then you'll save yourself a Wad and it'll just be more convenient to go like put it in like a cardboard box at the show, get back to the airport, buy yourself a case and then just pay the fairly like nominal fee for an additional baggage. I think it's not it's not too many additional dollars to get another big like twenty kilogram max hold luggage. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, I hadn't thought just, about that.
0: Just in case you're planning on going nuts, it works out cheaper than postage and you, you've got it with you.
1: Never guessing. planning to go nuts. <laughs> it, it does happen.
0: Not um, saying it's going to happen, but. <laughs> not, not to say that I've
1: uh, got a delivery today of 11 boxes of Medusae and two boxes of Canaries, Harpies.
0: Um, well, well, you and Joe can share pictures to your heart's
1: content. Yeah, with he each sent other. me a picture of it and I literally sent him one right back. <laughs> and I'm not talking about our cocks. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that kind of we don't have that kind of relationship
0: we asked for um AdeptCon questions before we started recording and one of them conveniently was how much alcohol will you drink so maybe if joe places hards right and you do drink too much alcohol you'll get one of those pictures yeah who knows
1: who knows um i doubt it um, so, <laughs> uh yeah but so i i've actually caved and brought a daughter's a cane army as much as i'm loath to say so um but after talking about it on the show, uh, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. I go, we base it on the fly, come up with a list, and I kind of thought about the army concept and the modelling part of it, and I went, actually, yeah, all new models, apart from one, uh, which is the shrine, and I went, actually, let's do it. Um, so that's my second project. That's my next project. Already, 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 models already sat there waiting for me for when I come back from America. So uh, that's going to be awesome. Source so Adepticon so people who don't know um yeah uh, Adepticon is a big convention in Chicago huge, um, huge. yeah probably the biggest wargaming it's Three thousand plus in the world.
0: gamers I think so that's, that's that's not attendees that's actual gamers yeah so as far as feet on the floor rolling dice um I think it's it's pretty much up there right yeah
1: yeah pretty crazy um it is on. It's it's sort of spread over uh, March. So I think it starts on the twenty first. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's really um, really looking forward to it. I've Never been before, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, we are booked up for free events, aren't we? So we are indeed. I'm booked in for the Shade Spire, um, which I'm quite excited about. Uh, I've painted my scaven very basic for that because I just wanted to get them done uh haven't sorted out my deck yet um wanted to go to the grand clash at uh, warhammer world for the warhammer age of sigmar open day but unfortunately god had other things to say about it or maybe yeah. it was uh, it was the uh <laughs> the, something to do with the um Beast Claw raiders calling down a, a frost <laughs> uh, well snowman someone everywhere. drank
0: someone drank the wrong potion yeah yeah Legged their definitely. opponents.
1: It's, uh, it definitely was uh, very snowy, and uh, the event was cancelled, apart from the Grand Clash. But I wasn't going to try and travel for for the event; it was too dangerous, really. So um, just just stayed at home, um, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, I had played a couple practice games with my friends, but to be honest, they're not their new game is, so it's not like it's not really giving me any practice other than just just oh, okay, that works, or how does that rule work, really? That's a uh, but yeah, not too bad. So quite looking forward to playing some Shade Spire. Um, you you played in that, Byron? Yeah.
0: No. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. Should. I, just want, to, I should. want to just go out and hang around and talk to people. So I, I guess I'll see. It's The thing is, because of the nature of the game, I can just rock up and be that noob um, yeah. with such great ease with my unpainted models. It's in board game category, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and just be like, I got blue dudes, hi. Um, so
1: yeah. I can, I as long as you can tell like, your blue dudes apart from their blue dudes, you're fine.
0: I'll put a tip X dot on it side. Yeah, each literally you, you have to just bases. do that. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um and then uh Yeah, so that's that's interesting. I mean to be honest, I mean it's not even a whole day, so it's
0: not much of a commitment it, is it? It's
1: not a big commitment. Um I think the doubles is a bit more of a commitment and I'm thinking about not, not bothering with that. Um I'm not sure. Uh that's a thousand points, doubles. I haven't read any lists for it. I don't even know I'm a partner with if we're doing it or what, so I guess we'd be my friend. I can be your friend. If, if we're allowed. <laughs> I don't know if, K- if, if Nurgle can ally with turquoise. We don't, I'm not sure. I think they can. Maybe. Um, it wouldn't be very good. I don't think, but you know, Hey ho. Um, yeah. so yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that's one option. Um, and then obviously the AOS championships, which is over the weekend. Um, Just the big one, the big one, which is the 24th, 25th of March. Um, so that's the uh, 2,000 point main event uh, on the Saturday and Sunday. Um, looking forward to that. Um, haven't played any games with my Nurgle, um, which I'm going to take. Not a one. So, bit worried, but...
0: Just wing it. You'll be fine. You'll be excited.
1: I will get some practice, because this weekend is the Chump Invitational, and I'm taking the same army, so... Okay. I will have five games of Age of Sigmar whilst being horrifically drunk uh, under my belt because the first game, basically, this event's going to be awesome because we've made loud grudges for three rounds.
0: That's such a good idea.
1: So my first three opponents are Matt Lyons, um, Paul Buckler, then Andy Talbot.
0: Oh, man, I'm so jealous. Yeah, amazing.
1: (laughs) So um, I'm going with the, um, because Terry's not going... And Les obviously lives different direction. Um, I'm going with the Swindon crew, so Carl Breakspear, Dave Roberts, uh, Patrick, and uh, James Box. Um, staying at Casa de Carl in uh, Sirencester. Looking forward to that. I think it's going to be. We're going to plan to stay in the venue to about midnight. Um, it uh, yeah. I, I I after Cardiff, I just don't want to be that drunk. Uh, especially before we go out to Adepticon, it's not a good idea. Do you know what?
0: Um, do you know uh, the psychological phenomenon of state-dependent memory? Do you know what that is? No, but are you going to tell me? I am. So uh, essentially, though, I can't remember the name of the of the people who did the test. It's quite a famous test. Uh, the like the cliched example is getting a drunk person to hide their keys and then checking them the next day when they're sober where their keys are and they can't remember, but then you get them drunk again and they can remember where the keys are. Hmm. So, in theory, if you want to prep uh, an appropriate level if you're going to be drinking all the way through Adepticon, you do, drunk you do indeed need to friends. practice. <laughs> yeah, do you need to be <laughs> practice drunk and the same level, which should be a friendly, responsible UK ambassador level of drunk, not like a sick-in-your-hand-at-firestorm level of drunk.
1: <laughs> I, I was very close to spraying the bar with sick.
0: Do you oh, know Russ. do you know
1: when you throw up in your hand and you clamp and sometimes it's not a good seal?
0: I can't but remember because it's been a long time since I've been seventeen. <laughs> <for me. laughs> I'm sorry. hate uh, hey, you. Uh, I don't know what pa- happened Papa Roach is probably playing like in their first year the last time I did that. <laughs>
1: Wait, Darren, I s I saw them live in ninety nine? Yeah, about then. Sounds about right. Um, Uh, In Birmingham, supported by Head PE and Apartment Twenty Six. Wow. And I got horrifically ill because we got stranded in Birmingham overnight in the train station, and it was horrible. (laughs) Anyway, different story. Um, But I don't tend to drink at gigs because it's too fucking expensive. But there you go.
0: Anyway, so you're you're practicing with three lovely jumps and then two randomly drawn jumps. So was it a one day?
1: Yeah, but the whole premise about it's a two-dayer. Yeah? But the whole premise behind the event is that you only get invited if you're somebody that everyone I there would want. want to play.
0: Yeah, I got an invite and just said basically, it's it's a lot of travelling be before I do a lot of travelling. I um, did get invited. Yeah, I'm <laughs> if, still nice.
1: If people out there didn't know about it, sorry, but not that <laughs> nice. No, no, there's only limited space, but um, super. Just mix, got to look up.
0: Yeah. I was going to say just got to look at your first three opponents you can judge the caliber of the attendees on just how nice all those three chaps are to play against
1: yeah there was literally like when it comes to the grudge they put a list up of who didn't have a grudge and I could have happily played any of them um yeah. but I just went for the the big the big dogger um, the rematch of Bennett and Matrix and uh, and uh, Andy's Helbert cuz I want to get some um solid not of him but of his uh, of his stupid track riding guy that did 18 <laughs> wounds to my my um, my ironclad in one round of combat, 17, but it felt like 18 wounds. And they complained, because oh, I should have killed it. Like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. sorry what planet do. are you on? Anyway. No, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. So um, I'm going to get prepped. So um, I suppose before we're going to launch into our lists and talk about our armies and what we're taking and all that kind of stuff. I just want to quickly touch on a couple things. So one is Nagash. Um, We've had a lot of people tweet us and ask us about the Nagash review. We did say at the beginning of the last show, there will be one. Um, It will be probably later, rather than sooner. Um, Purely because there's a lot to cover in that book, Um, and there isn't really any new War Scrolls. Well, text. Yeah, we haven't played with it, really. And I know I'm a playtester, but um it's hard to do a comprehensive review with a new battle term it's almost easier because everything's new so it's not you' no, not knows kind anything of trying to talk about how it was and how it is now and and what difference it makes and what happens to your existing lists because it's just new so it isn't you're not you're not even a new it's a new faction so you're not even going it's a remake of a a book you know it's it's a new completely like, new thing
0: all about the new shiny thing.
1: Yeah, so it's so much easier I don't know what you mean. Um so, <laughs> so um it's why I ordered it from you, you'll be happy. Um I can go back to you in a couple of months. Um so No, I'm kidding. Uh I just take all the cellophane off and be like, Yeah and then go, Oh no, I don't want to play it now. Uh which is my You can
0: assemble it to a really high level and then sell it to me.
1: Well well speaking of, I need to have a clear out. So I've got a couple assembled to a very high level armies I need to get rid of. So uh um, Watch this space. I might, yeah, I might even sell my corn army because I'm not playing with it, um, and I've done a lot with it, and it's, I've got a painting award with it. Uh, maybe that's probably because of you,
0: but I think we it. just made a, a very sexy coupling.
1: Well, that in general, just yeah, in general in life. <laughs> um, oh god, no one wants
0: to not as not as se- not as sexy as 36 Skyfires though, apparently according to um, opponents. So I guess we could have tried harder.
1: <laughs> you could have tried to be nicer. We have. I think the um, I think the octagons were, uh, were where it was at, though. Um, then the, the grumpy barman was like, I can't sell you those. I was like, okay, can you do me four doubles then, please? And uh, give me a pint of water. I wonder what's going to happen here. <laughs> Just top it up a little bit, so you kind of think if you had four of those, they'd fit in the pint glass. 100%.
0: Yeah, it was good. No, it's fine, so, it's just his job, not judging. <laughs> um, so, um, post to Deathcom, we'll probably have played, like, there's a good chance that we will face off against death as well, so we will go from zero levels of, um, uh, like, in-tournament game experience with it to at least more than zero.
1: Yeah, and and I think the problem is the meta. I mean, if you think about the meta in general, which we'll, we'll talk about a little bit about the American meta, which we have no clue, Um and actually, one of the guys who's organising the American uh, tournament in the American tournament, this Age Signal tournament in America, <laughs> in America rather uh, rather than just a tournament of Americans, I don't know. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's um, anyway. <laughs> he messaged me because he's come over to the South Coast, and he said, "What w- with this list be okay? What's the meta like?" Uh, and my reply was, "It's the UK. If it's in the rules, do it." Um. <laughs> then, then he was like, "No, I mean, like, it are people because he's going to take the Les Martin list." Um, so he was like, "Is it okay? Is it outdated?" And I said, "Well, I don't really know because since I played Age of Sigmar, there's been the Maggot King book, um, the Daughters of Cain book, and the and then, Legions of Nagash book." Yep. So that's I don't know. It, it, that's 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 kind of the beauty of it. Um,
0: by the time he gets to April as well, uh, sorry, it's um, May for South Coast this year, isn't it? Yeah, By it the time another he, book,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, um, and he's also beginning to, so I don't think things can change the world unless, like the meta, that is, unless they, it's pretty much the same army, just got new rules, um, so maybe Nagash has more capability for that, the Undead book, sorry, Um or you just have to wait six months to nine months because people have to paint things. So even when something comes out and it is like the most like idiot proof power gaming army in the world, it still takes people six months to get it.
1: Yeah, so Never I think s- Daughters of Kane, you just won't see that many at Adepticon.
0: Oh no, well that that you get to like that's that's but for a a South normal Coast. army as well. Yep.
1: Lots Not to say that they 're one of those armies that you described as being a no brainer and push it forward no, I
0: was thinking more of uh, the teach example, uh, but I think daughters they actually they will suffer for a longer delay because if the list happens to be ninety witch Elves, then there is there is a, like you can add like a a twenty percent multiplier on that because painting time um,
1: yeah,
0: so people don 't own them and the more an old list list bunny is or an old army varies to a new list or army you can add on there's all these unknown factors so it could be like something comes out and it's super elite and people owned half the models anyway so there's only a four month pickup period or it could be six months average or it could be nine months because Teench came out and everything is super detailed takes forever to build and takes forever to paint well and people are intimidated by it so they put it off or the rules are so Higgledy Piggledy Complex that even though obviously there's a few dumb units people are like uh, I'll stick with what I know so there's I think, all these yeah. unnamed factors
1: I mean I think I think for um, for N- Nurgle and Nagash I think a lot of people have those models um, yeah. obviously Nurgle come out at the end times I mean a lot of my Nurgle army is my end times army
0: I was just going to say people can blow the dust off a beautiful army and be like
1: woo yay that's me um, and paint a great and clean one which I'm very happy with um and, you know, um, there is a lot of Death and Nurgle armies around. Now, whether to say they're going to be very popular, I just don't know. Um, I mean, Nurgle has always been popular, so uh, I think with a new book, probably we'll see those. Um, Daughters of Cain is an interesting one, because there are some people who did actually have a witch elf army before the book even came out. There are some crazy people out there that did, did these armies. I mean, Paul buckler has got a full... Daughters of cane Army. Yep. Um, you know, and there's a few other people that found an abusive rule loophole with the cauldron that immediately sprayed them white and dipped them in brown and black ink and put them uh. on the table. So uh. um yeah. Um, you know, there are people out there with it. I think I, I don't imagine to see lots of it at Adepticon, but I think they will be there. Um at South Coast, probably more likely there will be um quite a few I think that Army.
0: that factor is kind of permanent there's any there's probably only 20% of the gaming audience who either have one of the two factors the spare time and inclination or the gaminess I'm not using it as a criticism uh, the gaminess and inclination to like sack up and paint 90 of the same model if that is indeed the list or or build a load of really fiddly Skyfires or whatever we like it doesn't matter how good something is people can't find time or inclination and that's why so many people buy the models then do nothing with them because they have a great plan and then they're like oh my god if i did the maths on this that is 90 hours of my life and just actually, stop judging I, me i prefer painting orcs or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so i still think no matter how good a book is unless it's got like the trifecta of stupidly easy to build stupidly easy to play mega low model count um isn't too expensive like that's not even a trifecta that's fall. Um it like nothing ever hits that sweet spot perfectly, I, I think. I love so. you
1: using like Diablo terms. <laughs> like for for, for army <laughs> trifactor or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um yeah, but I actually to be honest, I think Daughters of Kane, I mean we talked about it a lot, we're not gonna talk about daughters too much this show, but um I think they are probably the best combat army in Age of Sigma. Um Scary. hand down. Just gonna put that out there. Um, I think they'll be dominating. Um, I, I think. I mean, we've seen at the heat we were at last when we properly played because we haven't played since the heat, have we? Um, no. Nope. So the, at the heat there was so many Stormcast and Zinch armies, like everywhere,
0: you know. Fire Slayers as well and
1: Fire Slayers,
0: yeah. So and if and Fire Slayers do their shit in combat and with numbers, um, what the yeah. Daughters potentially do really well combat and numbers.
1: Yeah, and I think the um some of the Yeah, I, I just think they're really good. Um, we will see. We will see, yeah. I've got their weaknesses, but yeah, I think
0: Hopefully even... it's three massive monsters flying at them really fast, otherwise I'm screwed.
1: <laughs> I think you well I don't know, I mean I haven't it it's when you got, you know, four attacks a model, run and charge, re roll to hit, re roll to wound, immune to battle shock, they're it's just, and that's your core core units at yeah. two hundred and seventy points a pop.
0: Anything where you can make core count, we saw what blood letters did. It's um,
1: Oh would bet than blood letters.
0: Hands yeah, down. Yeah. Uh oh, they don't, don't do more wounds. They don't do need it. We don't need it. You don't need uh, it. Roll enough don't...
1: dice, and you've got mine razor. So, but... yeah. Anyway, so um, also oh, the other thing I want to touch on um is malign portents. So. Uh, having really followed the campaign, it's more a narrative thing. Um, I was kindly asked uh, by the community team to write a couple articles about the match play scenarios which are in the Malign Portents um, book. Um, and just heads up, they will be in play at South Coast this year, as will the Harbingers uh, and the Guiding Portents um, and the rules for Prophecy Points. So we will be using the malign portents for two of the scenarios at least. I um, to learn
0: some stuff. Uh-oh.
1: Yeah. Just because okay. it, it, I think it's nice to acknowledge that the match play area in that book is actually viable and fun and I think it shakes up the meta a little bit. So, Sweet! I think it would be quite quite good. Um, in terms of the Harbingers, they will be used at Adepticon but just in isolation without the prophecy points so I don't think you'll see many Maybe Nighthaunt armies, you'll see a Knight of Shrouds because purely for what he does for that army. Um, the it's other characters.
0: And it fits so really well. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. you might see an Ordinator with Bolt Throwers, but who knows. Um, so, yeah. So they're out as well. Malign Portents. It's all really cool. Um, I like the imagery of it. The book's really nice. It's beautiful. Oh, it's,
0: everything about it is it's just pretty. I mean, I can't say anything. Uh, like qualitative about its content, but I've looked at it and dribbled a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's that's just in life, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's uh, just come not just cause I'm not very bright and on the ball. <laughs> that's,
1: that's just no, I better not say that. Uh... <laughs> so um, that's kind of a little bit of an overview. So I guess um, in terms of Adepticon, uh, have you had any hobby to do, Byron? I guess not. I mean,
0: I put no putting things in a box um so i haven't had hobby to do i think we should probably we should go to you because you have had hobby to do and you've done it successfully and beautifully and you've done nice things and then we can come to me and i will give like a meta perspective on why i've not changed anything
1: okay cool um so hobby wise for me um obviously so russ have you done any hobby yeah lots um (laughs) recently i procrastinated an awful
0: lot I was gonna say, how long did it take you to get into the swing of that hobby? Um, and <laughs> did it did it arrive too late? No. Just i
1: just <laughs> I've had to compromise in the fact that I was gonna paint a whole new batch of demons. I was gonna paint a unit of uh pus uh I was gonna I had big plans, um, and then I just played my Xbox and procrastinated. Um and what I've done now is Rebased my old Nurgle army, um, some of my favourite models, um, and I've painted a great and clean one, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed doing, and that's really got my hobby mojo back. Uh, and actually, the first thing that did it was the feculent normals. So I wanted to get those out of the way, um, and as I got towards the end, I was like, actually, I quite like how they look, even though I didn't put much effort in um and then i was like okay so what have i actually got to paint the bases come out really well uh i like the color scheme was a mix between my undead basin and my old nurgle basin um and then obviously rebasing everything you kind of put a little bit of effort in but end up with an almost a full army and you're like wow this is cool and then i've got the great and clean one kit um built him uh badass
0: job on him i think you you were saying when you were going through it like um you know just washes and this and that but he looks really really lovely specially based
1: oh thank you um yeah i'm really happy with it i mean it's basically what i did with my blight kings back in the day where i basically watched the duncan video religiously uh and then adapted it added a few more stages in uh put some glazes in uh changed the colors he used so for example. Um, I took the, the Great and Cleaner model and I sprayed it Caliban green underneath and Death Guard at the top. Then I airbrushed it up through my skin recipe, which is which is basically just Deathworld Forest, Elysian green, Nurgle and green. So there's nothing fancy. And then I did all the washes, a and camera shade all over, lots of glazes. Then I followed a lot of the recipes Duncan used. Um, one of the things I was really happy with the, the horns, uh, because I tried using that technique before and it didn't come out very well So, and that's basically I where with
0: horns. I he think glazes
1: yeah, it's difficult, but it's a technique where you glaze, the wash over many, many layers to darken it down Yeah, um, and so because he's got the antlers I wanted to use that technique, and because they're big enough because um, I'm quite a messy painter so for me it's um, My brush controls not with where Duncan's is, you know, so it's it was kind of like a big enough area that I could then fix it afterwards. Um.
0: It's a nice. I think it's like it doesn't make it easier, but it done right it's a more forgiving technique. And I think that's one of the techniques also that echoes real life the most. So when you do stuff on miniatures, it doesn't always necessarily look realistic, bunny ears. Mm. Um, But that one on yours, like it does legit look like, like it made me think of like like reindeer antlers or whatever.
1: Yeah, I'm super happy with how it's turned out. Um, And uh, I've got five Blight Kings to go, um, which are mid-paint, and that finishes my army off. Um, I I did look at my Plague Bearers and my drones and think I should highlight their skin up. Uh, I haven't got time, really.
0: Um, Is that a if-it-happens thing, or do you 100% not have enough time?
1: Mm, I could, but I imagine that how long Blight Kings take. um, Yeah no I don't have time and I've got my I painted my Spike Claw Swarm Warband Um, again base coated and washed in agrax and then I highlighted the base Um, I could highlight those um, because they're not I mean it doesn't really matter but I I would quite like to highlight them up and I think if I had some spare time that might be where I'd spend my effort
0: Um, they're lovely models aren't they they're really nice
1: really nice Yeah, so I might put some effort on those, but yeah, super happy with the great and clean one come out, and I was thinking about the Daughters of Cain army, Um, I got my samples Medusa through, looked at the kit, thought, hmm, you could do these in sub-assemblies, I like the model kit, didn't think it was too difficult to build, I like the idea of the army, so in my head I've kind of planned it out, um, and... That's what I'll basically hit the ground running with. And with the Nurgle, I'm going to come back to it anyway, because I will add some of the mortals some of the extra demons. I've got I've got some stuff. I've got a lot of product that I can add to that army. Uh, I've got an exotic great and clean one uh, built, undercoated. I've got great what? and clean one in a box. I've got loads more demons. I've got, you know, everything really. I've got, you know, horticulus and... Loads of stuff, Nurglins, you name it, Pusquils, Lord of Afflictions, whatever. So um, I will go back to them, but I'll probably just do the units as and when. So
0: I guess when, when you when you play with them, that may affect what you decide yeah. to do.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I might go. Do you know what? I'm never going to run two grand clean ones. Yeah. Um, or I might say I really want to play a more demon focused army, or I really want to go. Uh, I want to do the. Pusquils, uh which is probably the first thing I do when I get the time, because um, I like the models, and I like the bringer stuff, it's always been my favourite stuff. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing quite a bit. Um, got my hobby mojo back, really, which is nice, because it's been missing for a long time.
0: Oh, um, how important, I mean, we can all sit around and wank off Nurgle for days, because the models are incredible but let's sit, sit around and wank off Noggle for days because the models are incredible. So how much of a factor do you think it was, because you were in a bit of a hobby slump, how much of a factor do you think it was that you were choosing to paint that great unclean one and that scenery being the feculent Nolmoors in terms of like the, the accessibility of, of doing a solid job and them not being overly complex and stuff?
1: I think it's a combination of being excited about playing with the army.
0: Yep. Always helps.
1: Um, being able to get my old army on the table, which I was very proud of, in um, quickly...
0: Um, Rebasing!
1: Yeah, basically. And the basing was the thing I, I actually ended up being unhappy with. Really? Because um, I messed it I didn't like how, how the slime turned out. So it gave me an opportunity to fix that. Um, so that combination of it's not a lot of effort, really, to get my army on the table.
0: You got some badass reward.
1: So I got quick wins. Yeah. Um, then it wasn't a massive hurdle. To get from. My army's almost there. To having the enough units to do my competitive list. Or what I think is competitive. I don't know yet. Um, then the models themselves. Are obviously very nice and new. And I've never done them before. Uh, and. The Nurgle colours I was using, I've already used. I already know how I'm going to paint my boils. How am I going to paint my cloth? How am I going to paint my bone? How am I to... And when I didn't know, Duncan told me. <laughs> so uh, I didn't have to think about scheme, composition, colour, yeah. colour wheel. Uh, and I've got a tendency to overthink things. So I'll be like, oh, what shade of brown?
0: I can't stop my army because I've not picked what hue my crystals are going to be on my base. And it's yeah. like, does that really, really matter, mate? Have I done <laughs>
1: my Gantt chart? Yeah. Have, I, <laughs> have, I, have I really considered, out of the 20 options of brown, the right brown? And sometimes it's easy just to say, just just get on and paint it. Just do 80,
0: it. and 80% and, and go and learn your colour scheme whilst on your yeah. first unit.
1: And I think like the it's actually a bit bizarre. Like I read, uh, I've been listening to audio book by Tim Ferriss about the the hour body, and he says something like the, uh, the 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 imperfect method you stick to is better than the perfect method you quit. Yep. Yeah. It's to do with dieting, but actually with an army, it kind of
0: holds true. That yeah, you a, It's a very good saying for m- anything really.
1: Meta and and like go, this is the perfect color scheme, and this is exactly the right hue. But then if it's so complicated and, and you spend so long thinking about it, your enthusiasm just goes away. And and the time goes away and the time that moment where you wanted that army to play with it goes. You miss your deadline, you miss your tournament, you know, you're then looking at that and then you're like new things have come out and that project never came to fruition because you just went, I never
0: did it. Yep, something cannot be like if you're aiming for perfection, something cannot even be close to perfection if it doesn't get done. So yeah,
1: yeah it's basically you just you just do it. It's basically just stop <laughs> procrastinating and do it. And that's that's a big thing and I don't I, and I that I've been guilty of that and and with I think with Age Sigmar as well, um a lot of my armies have been quick to table um you know, medium level. Uh, when I have put the effort in, it was either invalidated by the general's handbook because it was pre, it was wild west days. which so was for my elves. Uh, or it was the army was like for a Kradjons, for example, got an FAQ update. I didn't enjoy playing with them. My enthusiasm went but I spent all that effort getting the army to that level. And it just killed it for me. Um, uh, and I, I couldn't go back to it. That was the one blessing with the Corn Army that actually it was quick to paint, quick to table, and I liked the look of it. And and it generally did get a lot of compliments. So um, my Beast Claw Raider Army, quick to table, did it in like four month four weeks. Um, played with it. It was okay. I haven't played with it since Blood and Glory. Um, just but I've got an army painted, so if I wanted to use it I could. Um
0: so i think for me i think your nuggle look quick to table that's one of the lovely things about them like you can you can look at that and the basin is super cohesive and looks like it's it's got effort that's gone into it the models even though nuggle can just be like drab green i think one of the things you've done nicely um and perhaps has changed from your older ones is your your nuggle isn't as like as drab i'm not sure what you've You've changed maybe like maybe it's more shiny on on like the disgusting bits or something. So um,
1: Nurgle was the first project that um, I u- I didn't use. I got a very pastel painting style. Yeah. And what I did in the Nurgle is I intentionally tried to keep them shiny, and tried to keep the metallics are metallic. There's no. Yeah. Th- there's no like dulling of the edges using. Because I, I quite like mixing normal paint into metallics to dull them down. Yep. Um, but I kept the metallic shiny. Um, I kept. There's a lot of gloss work on them
0: because they've. I got, was just going to say, your yellow. or your yellow bits are actually literally shiny, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they your are. The boils. Uh,
1: apart from the fat, the fat's not glossed. Um, but yeah, all the boils are. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the Nurgle Army is colourful. I, I want another way of saying it. Um, uh, it is. I mean, to be honest, it's only quick to the table because I had an awful lot of it done already. Um, If I had to do it from scratch, I don't think it would be. I think the demons would look a lot better, Uh, but they're something I can go back to and highlight up because basically I need to highlight them with Elysian Green and Nurgling Green, do some work on the guts and the boils, um, and then they're there, you know. It's just that they were rushed. They're actually dipped, Um, not that you could probably tell. Yeah. Yeah. So I would quite like... They were part of the original Demon Army I did, uh, which was airbrushed quick to table. um, And then I've just revamped them up for my Nurgle um, End Times Army, which has got Rotbringers and um, Demons. And then for Age of Sigma I've just rebased it. Um, I might say just, but... It was quite a lot of work when the bases were very scenic that I had previously um uh so that took quite a bit of effort um yeah so it's is what it is i mean i'm i'm just happy that i've i'm going to be able to go to the event this weekend with a fully painted army that i'm happy with um which could be better but it's pretty much there i've got some of the entrance. sorry
0: i'm just gonna say like anything could be better but i think you'll look down at that and your it could be better will be to a less degree than It would be because they're looking. You don't look at that and think like, "Oh, he could have." Or that's a good job considering the time. It's just that's a solid army. It's a beautiful army.
1: Yeah, I'm really happy with it. And and it's what's good as well is that some of the models that I've rebased, I found a competitive slot for in my army. uh, And there's some of the models that I'm very proud of, Um, like my blow up rot spawned um, that got a finalist pin at the um, Age of Sigma. Warhammer Fest actually two years ago yeah two years May two years ago and then so did the Blight Kings Um, so the character missed out which is a a bit weird to be honest he's he's converted to be on a plague sensor Um, and I was using him in the concept originally was to have a Mark of Zinch disc rider but Nurgle it was a bit weird. I had a weird like. It was I wanted to play Nurgle, but I wanted to use a competitive list. Um, so he ended up then being like my palaquin standard bearer, um, but he is now my Lord of Afflictions. <laughs> so he's works he's out really well. Done the rounds, but to be honest, he's such a good paint job on him. I I spent so long on him. I think people I don't, don't question want to not when, use when you
0: him. put the yeah when, when you put the F in. I think people don't tend to question. So like if like if it's clear that you've spent hours and probably loads of money as well, which is a fact because it doesn't look like you've cheaped out on using four different kits. Yeah. Then people are always happy to see stuff like that on a table as long as it's not absolutely ridiculous what you're doing with it. Like, I don't know, this, uh, this terror geist is, um, is a bloodthirster or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's more appropriate what he is representing now than he has ever been. Um, because basically he's a flying, you know, rock bring hero yeah. it on something that has a poisonous trail with spikes and you know it's kind, it's kind of, of gone like, full circle,
0: hasn't it? It's quite neat now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'm happy with him. He's uh, he's very cool. Um so I'm looking forward to getting him on the table. Um I could have done a, a standard Lord of Afflictions, but I just I will do one, but I just didn't have time.
0: And and I for the time in, it, it's like it's a shame not to get to use models like that. I mean yeah. you know people People like to take the piss out of mine, but like my Prince Alfred model I used as a lawmaster, that was the first model I successfully did NMM on, and I really like seeing him on the table getting used, not just collecting dust. So I can definitely understand why you'd want to put your best work out there, because you don't get to go to many tournaments, actually. like your, your, your stuff you put all this blood, sweat, and tears into, it doesn't really get that many opportunities to have people say, like, oh, that looks really nice. And it means a lot when the, when people do, so...
1: Yeah so I think we've probably talked enough about hobby um, should, we, should we have a little break come back and then go through our lists
0: yeah let's do it
1: alright we'll be back in a sec okay. Face Hammer is sponsored by element games so for great customer service all the latest age of Sigmar releases at 20% off and all your hobby needs go to www.elementgames.co.uk To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. So, um, yeah. Before we... I mean, to be honest, we will talk about Armus in a minute, um, but we we did throw out a question to the Twitterverse, didn't we? If people had any comments.
0: Um, yeah. people, no warning, but got a pretty decent response.
1: Yeah, so we thought we'd cover those now then talk about the list then come back to them at the end if we get any more
0: sweet so first one is from he's, he's, maybe he gets upgraded to friend of the show status now it's Ooh, from on. Ba- oh, battleline Chris. Yeah, maybe. he's got some nice skills on his profile picture and they are turquoise hashtag biased so wow. um
1: <laughs> he, he does say he's gunning for the um face hammer Best in show, I think he said. I like that yeah. composition, so
0: we'll have to yeah, see whether we get to lazy days we'll it or not. So, uh, it had one for each of us. Russ, what do you think the Legions of the Magash book will look like now, uh, and how do you think the Death Faction will change this year? I guess that's one for a show of its own, unless you've got like a, a like a brief TLDR of what you think we'll see in the short term.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I've got a little bit. Um, I think you'll see. Uh, Nagash make an um, as in the character um, with the spells. The so super good down in points. Um, super characters are pretty hot right now. Um,
0: an and excuse I, that model is a brilliant one as well. Yeah, let's face it.
1: Um, more gasts in a Nagash army. Super good. Um, I think the don't underestimate the healing power of uh, grave markers and the Nagash trait in the Legion of the Nagash army. Um, uh, Manfred's army, uh, Legion of Night, could be seen. It's quite competitive. It's got a teleport element to it. Um, Arcan is still going to be solid. Um, I think you'll see less death, like death Grand Alliance armies. Um, Soul Blight is pretty much as it is, but I think they will be weak because of the change to Blood Knights. Uh, in terms of the banner, doesn't return knights anymore to the units. Um, the there's a lot of changes in the death book which are quite subtle. Um the spells, uh Prince Vordry in particular, uh, gives you access to long range mortal wounds. Um so yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with death. Um yeah, I think I think you might see them come into their forefront a bit later in the year. I think um when people have had a chance to really dissect that book and use it and you know things will settle down a little bit. Um in terms of how they fit in the meta, I just don't know. I d- do you I don't think they're
0: know. an army that requires you to be a pretty good player to do yeah. well with them? Yeah, I 100%. I don't think they look very forgiving, and let's face it, there is a, there's a shit ton of text. Even if overall stuff does not change too much, there's still a lot in there to be digested and understood and then applied.
1: Yeah, and it's not a forgiving army. Um, it, it never, they never really have been, deaf armies.
0: Um, oh, I remember playing with mine, I just constantly felt like, it was, especially when Destruction was very hot before it got um, fixed whatever word you'd like to use uh, I can remember playing with mine and just I'd play destruction players and I'd think like luck went like 4% more my opponent's way than his and I played really well and I still got absolutely punished and just it, it just felt really important that stuff went at least average and if it didn't you, you felt like you really really suffered it was harder to kind of to, to balance out those tricky decisions in the army because you really needed things to not go against you with dice
1: yep yeah definitely uh, and one side note i think uh night horn um, with the night shrouds and the changes to the hexrave scroll um, where they now do mortal wounds um, will be a more attractive option than it has been but obviously the mongol has been changed um, which you know you may or may not know but the scroll has changed and so have the points um, Slightly lost his mortal wound save, um, come down in points. Um, so, we might see less Mongol. Um, I actually think it's not too bad a change, especially in one because you can squeeze more different. stuff in.
0: Yeah, it depends how you run him as well. Like If he was a supporting piece rather than a please win on your own um, piece, then I think he's actually got a bit better potentially.
1: Yeah, I think losing the mortal wound save is quite big, um, especially with the prevalence of Zinch. Um, but he's still good uh i think he's very good against uh, Daughters cane um because they're very good at getting through hordes um and your when you play night horn um your spirit hosts are not good against hordes because they're good against um high low wounds high quality armor save and uh, Nurgle are quite a big counter for um night horn because if the minus to hit uh stop the mortal wound mechanic um so that's pretty big um, so maybe Nighthaunt will... Depends on the popularity of Nurgle, really, how good they are. But that's quick on death, really, um, my thoughts. Cool. So, I'm
0: excited to see more of them. I'm also excited at the prospect that I could take Hex rates and, well, I could just take them instead of looking at them in my box and weeping. And um, oh, I would like... An excuse to finish Managash is probably, like, I've got, like, a third of the best painted model I've ever done just sat there, so maybe yeah, one day. You definitely
1: need to get him out. I think he's proper good now.
0: Well, that's exciting. I, uh, I would like to. I'd like to take a change of pace army me definitely at some point. So, uh, Battleline Chris had two questions, and the second was: Byron, are you still planning to rock the waistcoat this year? Adept to keep your title of best dressed man in Warhammer. Uh, certainly, even if I am sweating my poor little geeky tits off in a really heated convention center, I will be rocking the waistcoat as much as possible because apparently that's that's nearly more important than what I do now, is just whether I wear the waistcoat. Um, so Speckles, obviously friend of the show, he seconded both Chris's uh, questions. Yeah. Relian, have you ever been to a gaming convention to play Age of Sigmar before? There are 3,000 plus games at Adepticon. So that's the first one, and then I'll, I'll ask the second part of this question.
1: Um, the short answer is no, I've never been to Adepticon, which I think is the only... What I was called gaming convention where not you can this play
0: not this scale of yeah not not, yeah. not at this scale for sure. Okay, uh, yeah. quickly answered. Same for me, obviously. And what are your expectations of Age of Sigmar? win it all question mark So, I think that's are we like are we gonna are we gonna win it all? Is that, is that what's going down?
1: I hope we win. We win the. Nice guys, aren't they? Lovely chaps from the UK. Award. Yeah, um, I
0: was going to say I, I definitely feel a bit more pressured to like present uh, present what our scene is because have
1: you you've played internationally before? No, you haven't,
0: have you? Well, no, I've kind of I've done AOS Six Nations within oh, okay. Derby, which didn't feel very international location wise, but we were playing foreigners in that. So, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I've obviously that was amazing, yeah. Because I've obviously represented
1: England in ETC um, and at Denmark warm up um, and Six Nations in the past, so I kind of I think it was a really good learning experience for me as a gamer um, to consider other cultures and understand they treat things differently. That doesn't mean that you is that's yeah, it's a bad thing. Um, and where you might have a cultural clash is to understand that it's a cultural clash and just accept and move on. Um, so I think I'm not expecting... I'm not going out there to win. I'm not going out there with like, yeah, I've got to represent and I want to be competitive and I want to... that. Those, those days are gone. Um, I don't really care that much about um, winning or losing. Um, I like to go out and I like the tactical challenge and I like to try and do well but I'm certainly not going into a Deptacon thinking I want to win because I've I've not picked an army for that. and I just want to enjoy myself, if I'm honest. It's a holiday for me. Um, I don't want to put any pressure on myself like that. Um, so, no, I don't care if I win or lose. Um, what I care about is do I have fun, do I get to talk to people um, that I've never met, um, Brad being one of them, and um, you just have a really good time. First time to the States for me, first time... Um, you know, in another country like that, that I've never been to the States. So, looking forward to it. And um, I'm certainly not worried about the the ins and outs of do I win or do I lose. Um, more that I want to enjoy my army and be competitive, uh, but in the right way. So,
0: yeah. I want to face nice peeps and have good chats and just catch up with people. I mean, I touched on it when we spoke about the Shades by a tournament. Like, if I can just hang out and chat with people. I'll be so happy to do that with people I've never met before in a different culture. That'd be ace, particularly if there's any like, show listeners you want to come and say hello. I will be the person in a waistcoat looking sweaty. Um, and gaming-wise, uh, yeah, I want to have really good games. I mean, see, I've, I've been doing fairly well in the last few events that I've gone to. Um, but, uh, like, I would... So I'm expecting one of two things to happen. I think there's probably some questions about meta coming soon in, in the questions we've got from the listeners, but like, I think there's a distinct possibility that one of two things happens. Like, America's meta is different. We know that's definitely a thing. Um, I'll go there, and it'll feel very weird playing people who play not only different armies, but in a different way, whether that's within respect to um, like scenario play or, or whatever. Um, so... I might go out and be a bit weirded out and feel very confident as a result after a few games, or I might go there and people might be running things that were the hotness nine months ago, six months ago, because, I mean, you've got this many gamers going, they're not all going to be, like, cutting-edge, I just bought 70 Marathis and they're all already painted. Um, You've got so many people going, there's going to be a lot of slightly weird stuff, but that doesn't mean it's bad, and just because something was the hotness nine months ago, it doesn't mean it's still not really good now, so, like, it could legitimately be a thing that I turn up and I come back and I'm like, God, that teleport banner from Stormcast just killed me in two of my <laughs> games. Like, that, could, that could completely, genuinely be a thing. And I am kind of curious to see whether that is the case or isn't or not. I think my army should do well because no one understands it in the UK and I think no one understands it anywhere. So I think that's kind people
1: of... might understand it, but they just don't have the tools to deal with it. Yeah. It's not typical
0: no it's not so mine's kind of always if people are gearing towards the meta then i tend to do well because i'm not the meta um but uh, yeah we'll see it'll be it'll be interesting to see the challenges i also don't know like how much terrain's going to be on tables and i'm just kind of interested to see like all the little things don't we even don't know the nice. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. that's gonna... i don't
1: even know like what the kind of paint score system is
0: no um... i like i have a, a completely naive uh, zero prepped, apart from like I've taken an army I know how to play um, I'm going to this with my eyes wide shut
1: <laughs> Yep Yep, same as ready.
0: Yeah, definitely ready for it um, So, from another American I'm very much excited to meet, from the ginger butter himself, Domus I'd be curious to know your expectations of US gaming culture and Things you might think might be different Then follow that with a report after the con So I guess 100% we can do that. Um, expectations, I kind of touched it in the last one. I think the meta is going to be different. I don't know that. It doesn't mean better, worse. In terms of what I'm expecting to see, I think there will be a lot of teench, just because I do, and I always worry about it, so maybe I think there will be more than there will be. There will be a lot of Stormcast, because it's Age of Sigmar, and they're Stormcast. <laughs> Storm, Stormcasts kind of feel like, America! to me somehow i don't know why I'm not sure if that's based on anything factual but they just feel like like that type of army they're just like the boys in blue um literally unless gold, i should say yeah <laughs> um so i think there'll be a lot of them around and they're they're both of my bad matchups um so that could uh that could be difficult for me and then i think there's going to be a lot of like there tends to be a lot of like, from what I've seen, like big combative, beefy armies. So there might be a high prevalence of corn and stuff like that. Chaos warriors. Um, I don't really know what. I like, I think the culture. I'm hoping everyone will be. In my experience of the US um, the last three times I've gone, and everyone's just going to be super chatty and nice and genuinely, like, ask you questions and genuinely care about what you say and answer because that's one of my favourite things about the states. So if all of my opponents are like that, then I'm just going to be a happy chappy. Cool. You got anything to add to that one?
1: Um, yeah. Um, I, f- my expectation is that the gamers will be less um, sort of focused around, I wouldn't say shenanigans, but um, techie. techie tricks you can do. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more focus on combat armies. Um, and I think the prevalence of um, people on the other side having more fun is some so it's probably more important in the states um i know adepticon is a very harsh tournament in the in the us standards from what i've heard but the uk um is cutthroat but friendly um so i'm i'm hoping that um you know when we go out there and we're competitive that that's not mistaken as unfriendly if that makes sense
0: yeah um, i do um I think it's a. a, From what I've heard, uh, I remember when Ben Curry went over ages ago and did a Bad Dice episode about it. What I took away from that was that if you're going to be techie and um, uh, competitive in play, then I think he kind of got the impression it was received better if you're doing that whilst in combat because he took a Dark Elf army that just ran away constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to take a
1: Barrack Zilfin drop army, for example, to the states. Uh, or a Skyfire yeah, army, I think. Yeah. Just asking not to make friends.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, you get that little of... bit
1: here, but I think people are a bit more tolerant of it because the scene is that much harsher.
0: Yeah. From I, what um, I understand,
1: obviously, I don't know.
0: But... I'm definitely glad that my birds go over there. Like My army gets into combat and fights as soon as possible, as hard as possible. So hopefully that will be kind of in-fitting with, <laughs> with the spirit of things over there. Um.
1: Yeah, and... Um... Uh, Chuck Moore asked a question as well, didn't he? So he said,
0: Ooh, what, "Jumping, jumping uh, that, around
1: now." Oh, that one was that one. What was kind of on my feed?
0: But that's uh, right. What kind of atmosphere do you expect in the U the AOS hall for the GT US versus UK? Friendly, louder. I was going to say
1: more enthusiastic and louder. I think is. Uh... Um, i think the atmosphere in general because it's such a big event and there'll be lots of bystanders and things like that i think and people coming in coming in and watching and walking or you know i think there'll be a lot more hustle and bustle um i think they'll be a bit more like yeah and stuff like that um so i'm hoping that the swearing's not a big problem because i
0: do tend to swear quite a bit yeah. um i think you can get away with it you'll just sound like a villain from every single american film <laughs> ever just get more posh um yeah.
1: Um, and Chuck's actually, um, I think this is the same Chuck Moore that's just done an article on Daughters of Cain for the Warmer Community site as well. Um, so if you could check that out on the community page, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, if it's not that Chuck Moore and it's just a coincidence, then um, <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think,
1: yeah, it's, I think it's just going to be, I don't know, but hopefully
0: it's going to be cool. I imagine it will yeah. be. I'm really hoping that it's, um, you know, when. Actually, I, I still get it as an organizer, and you get it as well as an organizer and runner. Like when you walk into the hall for a face hammer and everyone's just smiling and happy and cheery, I want it to be like that. Obviously, I'd like every tournament I attend to be like that, but that's kind of what I'm expecting and hoping for. Um, for, me,
1: for me, the weird thing is because we, we know so many people in the UK scene, when we walk into a room, like a tournament room, you might know 80% of the people in the room. Yeah, it's like catch up. With. And it's like. Catching up with family and friends, and it feels a little bit like just this, this almost like
0: bastion like? of
1: of <laughs> like broness, if that's the right term. Obviously, yeah, hundred percent. Though you're just like everyone in there is like people that you get on with, you like you you. There's there's it, it, everyone relaxes. There's you know it's great, but obviously we won't know that many people there, so.
0: Please come up and say hello. we really, really like it if you do. And to be fair, because you're Americans, you won't get embarrassed and British about it. So when we say (laughs) this, that might actually happen. We might get embarrassed and British, but no, I don't think we will. We'll see. So moving on, um, Robert Ellis, he can be a friend of the show. What reveals are you most looking forward to? Uh, I don't have a clue what's coming, and whenever it comes, I'm excited. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, I know what's coming (laughs) so I can't say so on the subject of you and you not being able to say anything I'm going to read out a question and give your answer and you can can tell me whether it's the right one or not it's a very good question by the way I just think it's going to be secret scroll do UK testers slash developers look at the worldwide feedback slash results independently when addressing perceived balancing issues or do the teams work together across the world I think we can't tell you because we'd have to kill you will be your answer right
1: uh, I'm, not yeah, I can I'm, sort of say a little bit.
0: Um, not that I'm in that position. It's so not my part.
1: set as, as 100% in stone how we do it, per whatever we're doing. Um, this it's going to sound really vague. <laughs> um, but basically... If um, I were to... The, we've got There's a team of American playtesters, a team of UK playtesters, and we kind of collaborate. We collaborate, but um, sometimes depending on what we're doing, we might go away because of the time zone, the difficulty of getting everyone together. We tend to independently review something and then come together and then do it together based on our collective
0: review of what we've um, been looking at. Um, That's interesting for me. That's more than I was expecting. Now another one. This is, although maybe just as difficult to answer in the complexity of said answer from, uh, Matt Benick, Sam, how much alcohol will you drink?
1: I don't know. Five.
0: I'm gonna go with the <laughs>
1: five. Five. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't drink an awful lot. Um, I may, it may sound like I'm just drinking rum now, but it may. <laughs> it may sound like we drink a lot. Um, I think sometimes some tournaments I like to let loose a little bit. Um, I don't the drink in the week.
0: Tales get recounted more if if they were particularly silly as well. So it's probably that like yeah. That, that kind of selection bias where the things you select are where like whatever someone did something outrageous and ran around with their pants on the head which is probably more likely to happen if they were drunk
1: i'm not i'm not planning to get completely like wasted or anything because it's not really it's not really i'm you know, old enough now that although mistakes have been made um, <laughs> I, I, it's not <laughs> my plan uh, i know my limits basically except when i'm drinking a liter bottle of sagras in a hot tub, but. Um after a bottle of rum. But anyway, that was well, one of my favourite pictures in the world. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> So
1: um yeah, so I mean I no, I'm not planning to get absolutely um blatted, but I am on holiday.
0: So please come and buy myself a gin and Russ a rum and coke.
1: Yeah.
0: There you go. How are you transporting your armies from Gus Taylor? What events are you doing? Wish I was going. It would be nice to have you there as well, mate. Um
1: We've kind of answered that.
0: Yep, covered that one. Um, Russ knows what events he's doing. Actually, no, neither of us do in total, but one to three events each. Yeah. Uh, two to three on Russ's. Okay, so uh, Age of Sigmar, Sean, um, who nearly all of us have played now. I think he's he's missing one from the set, possibly. Might be you. It is me. Um, it is you. Okay, so what do you think of getting missions on the day? Yeah. Uh scary. Do you think this might add to slow play that has been talked about within the community in the last few weeks? Uh, I don't know about that being spoke about. I guess that was on a a, a Tweety thing. I don't know Um, about
1: that either, but I guess that's probably to do
0: with um, people with lots of rules and
1: spending time with lots of dice rolling for not a lot.
0: Um, Yeah, so people playing Bone Splitters, uh, potentially Daughters of Cain. It's going to be a thing, isn't it? it's a thing. They are like... They're going to be quick. They are a bloody awful. They got that combo. So I played Fire Slayers twice at Heat One. Uh, first thing, I think they're, they're bloody, the worst. Honestly. They're bloody good. Second thing, they are the worst. And I played AD, nicest man in Warhammer, and also the least likely person to slow play anything ever. So before the game started, I can't. Um, this kind of going off topic, but I think it's interesting. So I two questions asked to him are. Um, do you feel a bit guilty taking that army? And he said, because he's an honest man. He's an actual honest man. Not many people would say yes to this. He said, yeah, it's damn good. Um, it's a bit too much because a player of his skill level, I guess if you roll that up against anyone who's who really knows their stuff, it's just an incredibly powerful army. Um, I said, are you getting bored of it? And he said, yes. And, I was, and I, my next question was, is that because the model counts so high? And he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just getting bored playing because you, you're going through actual physical actions rather than mental actions, because it's yeah. like, I decide to do this, and over the next three minutes I'm going to make that a reality, one by one, five by five, as I move these, like, 90 dudes roll or whatever.
1: 60 dice of fours and fours
0: twice mm-hmm. for, yep. for four wounds. Um, exactly. Yeah. Do the same amount of damage as five Stormcast.
1: I think it's a problem in the game, um... I'd rather roll less dice that do more. Um, I don't play armies like that. I won't play armies like that. Um, that's why, daughters, I was happy with the snake list because it's like going to the elite version of it. Yeah. I like elite armies. Um, I don't like that's why when I do my flesh eaters, I don't like goals.
0: I don't like running into of goals. Um, yeah. I mean, do you when you play an army like that? Do you? I kind of feel in my head that it's okay to maybe have one unit, like, this is for my enjoyment and my opponent's enjoyment as well, and for my ability to not get flustered with the amount of shit I have to do, but like, I feel it's kind of okay to have one unit like that in combat, and one unit like like that in shooting, and maybe no more
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, and and for me if I'm playing an army that I know, like, Corradurons are a little bit of a weird case, because you have a turn where you basically spend 45 minutes doing a turn which is really important, and you roll loads of dice And it can be extremely um, off-putting for your opponent. Um, But then the game normally finishes very quickly after that. So either you've blown them off the table or you get rolled over. Um, But I think if you're playing those sort of armies, it's, it's sometimes nice to explain it to your opponent. Like I, I sort of, when I was playing my Cradjons, I said, I'm going to do my second turn. This is going to be quite a big turn. It's going to be a lot so of deployments. It's going to take a long I'm time. In, Bear in. with me. We will get our turns in. Um, you know, And try and be quick and concise with what you're doing. Um, and I think that comes from practice. Um, I'm very conscious of it because it's something that irritates me when I'm playing against someone, um, when there's a lot of procrastination, slow... Play.
0: people holding their dice in their hand and shaking it as if that's going to make a difference to what the roll is, is yeah. My yeah. most hated and it's subconscious it's not something people do on purpose but I hate watching that hand while it's just like wanking the dice off for 30 seconds before they roll it's not going to change it
1: there's a, there's a guy in my gaming group that he's, he's the oldest guy in our group and he's a bit slow and uh, he knows it and we all mercilessly mock him for <laughs> it and one of the things he does is shake the dice shake thing Oh, and what he why? does is he's shaking the dice and then he'll go... And he'll he'll be shaking them and then he'll stop and he'll go... Hmm. Well... Wow. Hmm. 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 And so all we start doing is shaking Tice in our hands. <laughs> and he did this one thing where he points with his finger. So we shake the dice and we wag our finger at him. And he goes, oh, shut up. <laughs> just, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you can't do that to your, <laughs> somebody
0: you yeah, don't know, can't. but... Um, it's, a good, it's a good thing for, I think, a lot of people do it. Maybe, like, 50% of my opponents do it. It's one thing, maybe, to, to bear in mind. Like, shaking that dice for longer will not make it more lucky. Probably just roll it. Um, I do think, as Sean's mentioned, scenarios on the day is... Because it, it kind of happens when everyone... Like, when the, the General's Handbook came out, everything was different. General's Handbook 2 came out, everything was different. I... One hundred percent think it will make slow play more of a difficulty because, especially people taking armies that they're not familiar with, then you got that, yeah. that double of, or maybe triple effect, like massive tournament, new army, new scenarios, and if you take on ten occasions, take two more minutes to think about something, you just took like, like maybe a fifth of the time that you've got to play your game.
1: Yeah, you do. You do have two hours forty five minutes around, so extra 15 There's a little bit extra time than we used to so i mean for me um i don't like scenarios on the date purely because you it's easy to read something quickly and miss something important it's also you can't prepare for it Um mm-hmm. uh, not a fan of that um that's just my personal opinion um they're not gonna affect my enjoyment of the event i just for me I'd rather know so I can plan. Like I would hate to get there and they turn around and say, oh, this scenario Need is banners. all about banners. And you're like, "Yeah, brilliant. So, you know, my Stormcast army is basically bollocks or whatever.
0: Or well, um, your general's got to kill a load of stuff and you're like, he's a four-wound goblin. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah my cave squig is going to have to perform this game. Um,
0: he needs to know. kill more than the gash. Great. So
1: I'd, <laughs> I'd rather know or at least have a concept I just hope they're not overly complicated.
0: Um, yeah, I would agree with that, because your first point was completely correct. How many, well, it's not many, but how many narrative or slightly different events have we been to where you get to an end of a round and people are like, oh, I won, and then you talk to them and they're like, oh, yeah, we played that completely differently to you. And that's because it was new and people wanted to get on and finish their game and they played, they didn't play things right. And it's fine if both people are playing like that, but it's it's also not quite right.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'd hope that um, I would hope that if you're if you do play someone and you get it slightly wrong, it doesn't come up at the end of the game once the results are handed in, and it's oh. But if we read the rules and we played this way, round three, I would have done X Y Z rather yeah. than A B C. Therefore, I, mean- I could have won the game. Therefore, I probably would have won the game let's you know i think it's invalid the result and it's like look
0: if you played the we game both agree, it's fine just can commu- i think it's it's definitely important for people to communicate better in this scenario because the worst 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 scenario is where one person plays it correctly one person plays it incorrectly and they only realize on uh like round four that they both had different interpretations of the brand new crazy scenario so because uh, like what do you do in that situation
1: I, what I tend to do is I tend to ask my opponent questions about the scenario I already know at the beginning of the game it's something I do so I sort is of is this one
0: three inches from the marker is this one six inches yeah, from like, the marker oh, how do you score test? again
1: or whereabouts yeah. do we I mean, is, is this the one where this happens to get them to look at it and read it out and it makes it sound like I can't remember rather than I'm dictating to them how it works and so then they get suspicious because some people don't like that. If you said, oh, by the way, this scenario, this is how it works. Yeah. And and I I tend to do is talk through it before the game starts as I'm setting up. So they in their head, they're already going, oh, right, yeah, that's how it works. Okay, that's how
0: we're going to play. So, so it's six inches from the marker, because then you don't get to that horrible and situation. Are we going to measure really?
1: to the middle or the edge? Oh, right, okay, yep. cool, let's do that. And so you get all that out of the way. So you play the game under the same pretense.
0: Um, I think that's a... It's a very good and British way of handling things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm almost surprised at myself. But um there
0: you go. <laughs> it says it says UK ambassador of, Age of sigma Russell. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait for depth to come for that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy game me up with a Glockkin. Um Did you? <laughs> I don't uh, you don't with a blo- blobby blow up. Blobby, um, you, yeah. Next question. Uh, much less uh, in depth answer needed to this one. Um, uh, well, in short, to like TLDR, the answer to the last one, I do think on the day scenarios are going to make a big difference to slow play. Uh, my way of combating it is to make sure I'm aware, I can play faster, and I'm going to touch on when we talk about armies why I'm taking an army that is exactly the same army that I took to last event because it's kind of to do with that. Um, I
1: think that's the same. Tom way Healy, in... oh, we got more.
0: Got one more. Right. One more. Do you vanish? Okay. You can answer this one in as few or as many words as you want. Uh, do you varnish your models? What do you use?
1: Yes and no. So I do varnish my models. Um,
0: oh, I don't. So <laughs> when you do, though, so, so you don't you don't. Airbr- so you don't varnish absolutely everything. My mm-hmm. question to add on to it. Be when you varnish them, do you do it through an airbrush because you got better things to do with your life? Or what do you do? Uh,
1: I was doing it for the airbrush, but then I had some incidents where um, the polyurethane varnish was so thin, you would rub, and it would almost be like a second skin over the whole model.
0: A sheen. And
1: then it would actually come off, and then you'd end up with like, uh, almost like if you've got something with PVA glue and you've peeled off a bit of it. Yeah. Um, and it, I had some incidents with that on my Caradrons, um, where it, it kind of come off in, and it caused me issues when I was doing washes because it was breaking the varnish down um, and uh, it was causing
0: like dried varnish to ball up it's hard to explain but um, yeah, I think it can be more of an issue cause, like varnish varnish settles more than paint does and I think you may like sometimes it can be really hard to shake it as much as it needs to be shaken um, yeah. to kind of re- reinvigorate it
1: I think what would have been better if to do more coats and let it completely dry um but anyway, see. yes, <laughs> Vallejo, <laughs> yes Vallejo Polyurethane Gloss Varnish and Vallejo Polyurethane Matte Varnish through an airbrush. Um, gloss Varnish for pre-wash, matte at the end. Um, I've also used, tested a dull coat uh, in a spray can recently, did it on my Spike called Swarm, particularly if I'm using dip or um, anything like that, or I, I I used Agrax Earthshade mixed with um, Lamy Medium, for some reason it came out really shiny. I don't think I used the pot of Agrax Gloss, but I think it might mm. have been a mislabeled pot of Agrax Earthshade. Okay. It came out horrifically glossy, uh, so I, I decided that rather than risk uh, paint-on or airbrush matte varnish, I just took my can of dust tester's dull coat, because I'm going to be painting over the top of it anyway, and I dull coated them down. I tend to, if it's plastic model, I won't varnish it. My Nurgle are not varnished, nah. um, purely because there's a lot of gloss work on them, and a lot of the army is all to do with the different levels of matte and gloss, Yeah, and I don't want to mess that up.
0: And that means you have to be putting your gloss on or matte on with a brush so you don't hit the wrong areas, yeah. or you have to spray the entire model... Uh, matte and then re-gloss the areas you want glossed or gloss the areas you want glossed which requires a bit more prep than i'm willing to go into i don't tend to varnish mine some metal models that if if i am using a metal model i'll make an exception for that and i go through a horribly exhaustive like gloss gloss matte matte let it dry between each of them um thing plastic is wind though that's that's what matters to me these days i do use varnish a lot and spray varnish and um purity seal i use it on basis to stop sand from getting off though that's super useful and if anyone's not doing that they need to so if i put down a pva or whatever glue you're using put my sand on and my other bits and bobs like a slate or bits of bark or whatever and then it gets a, a couple of gentle coats just aiming around the feet of the model before it's even been primed black usually um with uh with purity seal from Games Workshop or anti shine from uh army painter both of them are really solid purity seal is particularly good in any type of conditions I find so even if it's humid day you can still use it stuff like that um, I think that's a an unseen use of it. Um, and then sometimes I will gloss things to make them look shiny. I think one thing that's worth mentioning is that satin varnish is actually dead good, and people tend to miss it out as the one in the middle. But if you want, if, particularly if you're using like kind of vibrant colors, you can get a one-size-fits-all solution and cover your whole model in it, and it'll do a little bit for you in terms of letting light reflect off interesting places, particularly on organically shaped models. Uh, Nurgle's a good example, actually, uh, without it being like full-on shiny, shiny. Yeah. So cool. hopefully that's a good enough answer. <laughs> we went way more in depth on that than I was thinking. Um, Vallejo from all of us as well, I think. I'm not sure if I know anyone who uses anything particularly different. Um, so that is that, and now we can segue into what are we taking uh, to a depth to come, and why.
1: Yeah. So my list is a great and clean one as my general. Uh, I haven't. I'll go through artifacts, traits, and laws at the end because it. They're not fixed yet. Um, a Lord of Afflictions, um, a Blowab Rotspawned, Festus the Leech Lord, six Plague Drones, 30 Plague Bearers, and two units of five Putrid Blight Kings. So.
0: That sounds little, doesn't it?
1: It's not little. It takes up an awful lot of room.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had this in my play played Tom Wardsley obviously he had three great unclean ones so there's not much room for anything else but you, you look down at it like oh that's nothing and then you put it on the table and just because things are on big bases just like Stormcast and some of your models are bloody huge um, and a unit of 30 plaguebearers takes up a massive amount of space and can do every shape ever it ends up looking bigger than it sounds. Yeah
1: it's 142 wounds so it's fairly decent yeah. amount.
0: Um, yeah it's fine for the point.
1: So um, great unclean one has got the bell and the blade. Um, he, I am tempted in terms of command trait, there's two that I'm, I'm toying between. One is the dial manipulation. Um, so using the trait to move the dial backwards and forwards. And I think that's going to be quite good um, because it just gives you that, you can get that double bubble and it gives you a little bit more control. Um, unfortunately against Nurgle, it's basically useless. Um, so I'm not sure. About that one. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about is Pestilent Breath. Now, this is a shooting attack, and what it does is you pick a unit, and every model within six takes a mortal wound on a five up. So, if you're surrounded by a big unit, um, or you're behind a wall of plague bearers that are surrounded by a big unit, that could be potentially devastating. Um,
0: Fire Slayers, Witch Elves, Gobble Gobble num num. Yeah.
1: You got it. So, um, and even against other Nurgle, like if you're fighting a big unit of plaguebearers, they're not going to do enough damage to really worry you. But you can just sit in combat with them and just nuke them all off. Um, I think, and what I like about it, it's a shooting attack, uh, so you can move and do it. And you know, it might only do a couple more wounds, but sometimes that's all you need. Um, I think Nurgle suffer from damage output. I think you need to get as much damage out as you can. Um, so that's where I'm leaning with that in terms of. Sp- spell uh, probably favored poxes and, and that's the spell that once you cast if you don't move it stays in play and that's the minus one to hit minus one armor save minus and minus one to wound on an enemy unit within 14. Um, generally Cusper Grand has got two spells he'll generally be casting um, uh, Mystic Shield and or the Dial Manipulation um, and he's obviously his normal spell is quite good for damage and healing um, so he will be sat in a in a, bucket, a pocket of Plague Bearers is, is, is where he's going to sit, probably on an objective, and he's there as a support piece uh, to lend the movement to the combat element of my army. Um, so that's him, that's his role. Um, his command ability as well is plus one attack, so I can put other the Plague Drones, makes him particularly good, because they've got the demon keyword. Lord Afflictions um, is probably where my artifact's going to sit, um, and that's going to be the Rust Fang and what this allows me to do is, in the combat phase, pick a unit in three and then minus one armor save for the rest of the game at the beginning. So good. It's so good, especially when you haven't got a lot of rend and things suddenly like black kings and drones become very dangerous. Um, he's also a demon, so he kicks off the um, Plague Drones um, locus um, so he can be within range of the drones and give them their locus ability. Uh, which I think is very, very good, uh, very strong, um, which I can't quite remember what it is now. I think it was
0: Mortal We Williams. roll plus one,
1: is it, do a thing. I think it is something like that. Let me just double-check that. So to make sure I'm not going to... How many points have you got in characters in this list? A lot. <laughs> so yeah. um, the Locus of White Contagion characters. is add one to attacks. So um, with the... Uh, um, great and Clean One's command ability which is one attack as well, I believe um, is Grandfather's Joy, picking it with 21, add one to attacks so the Plague Drones have got a Plague Sword, a Probroscus uh, and a Venom Sticks, they've got three profiles so that's plus um, with plus two attacks on each one that's plus six attacks per model,
0: so that's pretty good. On one what- top of what they got already and 21 is a that's like it's a long range that's yeah that's really really good that's a spell yeah and even even
1: on um if you put it on the plague bearers it can make them pretty good um you can also put it on the lord reflections himself um which you know is pretty good um so not to surprise me the plague drones are the combat unit in this army um but the Lord of Afflictions himself, he's got, um, obviously, he's got regeneration and resilience. Um, and he allows Rotbringer units to re-roll ones with everything seven. So he's also bust the Blight Kings and himself and up. Um, so he's kind of like the little um, buff piece in my army that's quick. So he's going to sit in a pocket of drones. So I've got two characters that are going to be bubble-wrapped. Um, he has a virulent discharge, so he could actually heal Nurgle units as well and do mortal wounds. So he's pretty sweet. Pretty good in combat as well. Um so yep, yeah, quite looking forward to using him. So Blowab. This is part of way of getting my damage output. So he's got a ranged attack, so I think that's super important, um, which is D3 attacks, range 12, uh with rend, does d3 damage. Um, you know, it's fours and twos. Um not amazingly reliable, but pretty good. Um he also has a debuff, so roll a dice each time an enemy within seven at start an enemy within seven at start your hero phase on a four plus minus one to hit. So, so good. So good. He's also got minus one for enemy wizards to cast if they're within fourteen.
0: Amazing.
1: Yep, pretty good. Um he has also got a spell, which is Miasma of Pestilence, which means that um pick enemy unit, and every phase they take a unsaved wound, uh, rather on a 2+, plus; they take D3 mortal wounds. So, having a way to do damage in the shooting phase, the hero phase, the combat phase, um, allows me to do a potential 3D3 mortal wounds on top of any other damage. So, having the shooting attack pestilent breath, having the shooting attack his vile bile, having the shoot attack on the drones, gives me enough options to try and ping that wound off for that spell to trigger that effect. Um, he's also got quite a good reach, so he's got a 3-inch reach on the claws and a 2-inch reach on the fl- on the scythe. Amazing. So he can sit behind some Blight Kings and be fairly safe. Um, obviously, the Blight Kings have got the aura as well, so they might heal him. Um, he's a little bit more fragile because he doesn't have the um, resilience save. So he's got to be a little bit a little bit more cagey with him. Um, and for that reason, probably give him the spell Gift of Contagion, um, as opposed to the Blades of Putrefaction, which is more important, in my opinion. Um, and the Gift of Contagion is basically a debuff. <coughs> so roll a dice, um, either minus one to hit, minus one to wound, or minus one save, which you can probably sense as a theme here. Um, then Festus. Now Festus... Is great, so Festus is um, an excellent, excellent um, model to have in your army because he can heal um, your characters.
0: Um, he can do also hide behind them quite well, especially when they're massive.
1: He can hide quite well, um, and he's um, he's what is good is his spell as well. So his spell is. Um... <laughs> really useful, because it's minus one armor save. So, you Curse of the Leper, on a seven, select unit of 14, subtract one from the save rolls for the rest of the battle.
0: So, so, so good. One of the best spells in the entire game.
1: So, he can heal, so he can babysit Blowab, he can babysit the Great and Clean one, the Great and Clean one heals anyway, he can heal himself, he can do mortal wounds to the enemy, he's, um, he's got six wounds, so it's pretty good um, but Curse of the Leper, so you've got Rustfang Curse of the Leper, Favoured Pulse's, Gift of Contagion all of them reduce your armour save so you could be at a minus four to your armour save then it's, it's about weight of attacks so you go, okay so I'm going to give my drones extra attacks they go in chuck a ton of dice with the locusts do a load of damage, jobs are good you've got lots of mortal wound output in this army um, and you've got a unit of 30 plague bearers which is like your your kind of your, your, your protection bubble and then your blight kings which to be honest 5 blight kings is 21 wounds, 4 up save, small footprint small footprint, decent damage, because I've got no rend and You've got three attacks, freeze, and freeze. Doesn't sound amazing, but obviously, if you roll a six, it's doing d6 hits instead of one, so you can explode your attacks. And then that means you're, you know, if you don't have rend, but if you've minus their armor save, then who cares about rend? You've got ways to lower their armor, which is going to make your bite kings way more effective. Um, the bell on the great also giving one, your sorry, go on.
0: Given your healing, I was just going to say, given your healing, they are a prime suspect for taking damn terrain, anything like that. Your, your, yeah. your army can put wounds back on anything like no but they business. They have the heal discharge
1: aura as well. So it allows you to spread that aura around, um, which is on a 6d3 wounds back to a Nurgle unit within 3 or um, d3 mortal wounds to an enemy. So they heal you as well. Um, and, you know, they're a battle line unit. And to be honest, a lot of people are taking lots of Plague Bearers. I like Blight Kings. Um, with the Bell on the Great and Clean one, they get plus three to their move, the movement seven. That's not and um, if you're using your feculent normal's, you know, it's movement seven with a run and a charge, that's that's quick. That's quick for an infantry unit.
0: They stand on objectives really nicely as well. They're a very nice prospect for getting plus one save in cover or getting plus one save from Mystic Shield. They're um there's kind of that exponentially Way, way, way better effect when you make anything because they got a four plus save, haven't yeah, they?
1: Yeah, four up save, bravery nine.
0: Um, so you, anything like that, you make a three plus save, suddenly it gets plus really, really tanky.
1: Yeah, plus one to run and charge. I mean, that's that's the premise. Um, the the spells and the artifacts aren't fixed. I thought about taking endless gift. I thought about taking um, one of the spells I might take I- instead of probably gift of contagion. I'm um, actually Blades of Putrefaction <sighs> Blades of Putrefaction is a good spell because it allows you to do mortal wounds um, but at the same time you've got so many ways to lower armour I don't even know if you need it um, and it's cast on a 7 so it's quite difficult um, it is good I mean it's very good if you're playing like a Star Drake but then if you can lower the Star Drake's armour by 3 I mean you don't really care that it's got a 2 up save
0: or well, you might just be able to stand something massive in front of the Star Drake and not care
1: Well, I mean, you could just tank it with a great and clean one. You'd just sit there for days. Hello! (laughs) Big fanny. Uh, Give it a hug. Um, (laughs) But, you know, Plague Squall is one of those spells that it's on a six to cast. You roll seven dice every six. Pick a visible enemy, and they take D3 mortal wounds. So you've got a way to ping damage off of characters at infinite range, as long as you can see them. Very, very good, especially if you use the wheel manipulation to do damage. Um, to enemy units as well. Um, so potentially, I might take the um, the wheel manipulation and uh, plague squall. Um, but that does mean using blades or gift of contagion. Um, gift of contagion is a bit random because it's a random ability. It's random. You roll a dice, so it's like, well, do I want a random one? Or, you know, is that really good enough? Um, it's fun. It is fun yeah yeah it's fun but um you know if you get like minus one to hit and they're re-rolling and hitting on freeze anyway it's like why doesn't really make a difference you know um yeah but if you get one armor save and they haven't got a save or they've got a six up save and you are already minus one it doesn't make any difference um so i don't know i mean yes it's okay um whether or not because he could take plague school instead and is that better don't know um You've you've got a you've got a very good set of spells to pick from. Um but I think the, the there's a lot of choice in the book um in terms of artifacts and traits. Um but I'm I'm kinda of leaning towards what I said already, which is the Rustfang, um Gift of Contagion, Blades of Putrefaction and Favoured Poxes with Pestilence Breath, um is kind of where I'm looking at because I just like the idea of doing more damage um, sounds like a very
0: nice cohesive you've got ways to double up on your damage from various sources and bits and bobs um, and that kind of gets better and better and better the more you have because it's more like you can do that last rune or those last four runes whatever you need to clear something out your way um, and then also you've got multiple ways to do the same very important thing of lowering armour saves or raising attacks
1: Yeah, exactly that so I mean I've spent probably about a 1,000 points on characters.
0: Um, yeah. So- sounds like my type of army. Like In pretty much every single way, I think, basically, if I played Nurgle, I'd just be ripping off your list now because that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I think it's really solid. Um, I like Blowab a lot. Um, it's got a bit of range. It's got lots of magic. Um, it's got combat stuff that sticks around, but it can dish out the damage, but it's through the spells and it's through the debuffs. Which I think is very Nurgle, so um, yeah, I'm quite psyched yeah. to play with it. So um, Definitely. that I think as well is going to be quite fun to use. Um, I
0: was going to say in an American environment, I think getting into combat and then hitting people with Nurgle's is, is probably going to go down pretty well, and it will allow you to. Um, one of the things I touch on when I get to my armies, I think that's a good. You can get into middle and do stuff and interact with your opponent and have a chit chat because um, you've not got a million units on the board. It's going to matter where you put them a lot, but there's not like 700 things, and some things are kind of going to be attached to others insofar as they've got to stand next to them to give them heals or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, and I think that the... I, I think I have a lot of fun playing with it, and, and using the Contagion points to drop Narmor's on the turn that I need it in a place where I can then get a run and charge where people didn't see it coming, I think it's going to be pretty big. Um
0: so, speedy, speedy. There you
1: go. That's my list, and that's what I plan to do with it.
0: Amazing, sounds awesome. I um, I've only played Nurgle once uh, under the new book. Played Tom Maudsley, and I was super impressed by them, both in terms of how good they can be, but also I just think they're a really fun army to play against and with. Um, although I imagine if uh, if you were getting debuffed seven hundred in 700 different places with minus one to hit, maybe it'd be a bit upsetting.
1: <laughs> I think um, um, the problem is they're all cast on sevens. So yes, I've got access to four of them, but it's more about redundancy rather than getting them all off.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't want yeah, one debuff
1: point. and be like, well, if I get the spell off, but then I don't get it off, yeah. I've got two or three ways to do the same thing. So... If one goes off and the other two don't, it's not the end of the world. Um,
0: yeah, because you can pick that key combat and you can make us damn good sure that you do at least debuff them once.
1: But if I get all of it off, it's it's game over. Yeah, Which
0: should be huge. Or your local stuff will just live forever and ever and yeah. ever
1: and ever. <laughs> and my, my, my flappy drones would just go in and, and love them with their, uh, their, their gangly legs and, and cock
0: noses. Exactly. And that's what counts. Amazing. So I am taking uh, exactly the same list I took to my last event. I'll scoot through it quickly, and then I won't talk about it too much and how it plays, but I'll say why I've taken the same one. So it is, and this will probably be down to the the traits and everything because I I know how it works, Um, anointed of Asaurian on Frostart. He's my general. He's got Reckless. Another anointed on Frostart. He's got nothing apart from a bird. Um, A battle mage which is the Empire one, who you get to pick his law before each game, which is incredible um, I would uh, still comp- just
1: point you to the A- the FAQ where you have to put it in your list for Adepticon
0: Really? Yeah. So
1: it's in the um, it's in the actual rules pack
0: So you They specifically mention battle mages or it is it just like It specifically we- mentions them Oh, okay, well that's really disappointing Maybe he'll be an elf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd just tell so, you
0: before you got too excited. Thank you very much. So I might be running a 1980 point list instead of a 2000 point list then, yeah. in which case I get a triumph. Um, okay, so an Undisclosed Magician in a robe, a Skink tar- Star Priest uh, who's baller and his debuff is cast on a very cheap value, um, and he's fast on his feet. So he keeps up with my birds and he gives a minus one to hit spell, which is lovely. Um, the Dragon Lord... Who comes equipped, as far as I am concerned, with a lore Master and he'll be running uh, Talisman of Blinding Light, which is minus one to hit for one combat round against that model, and a shield and dragon blade. Uh, sorry, a a lance uh, and a shield, and his shield gives you all rerolls to saves. So he's a very good prospect for Mystic Shield. Um, Battle line still running the twenty Glade Guard because. They do a thing that nothing else does, even if they do it very expensively and only once. Um, I will be standing them in mystical Terrain whenever I can, because I'm going to have to bet <laughs> bet heavy to win heavy. Ten skinks, ten skinks, ten skinks, ten skinks, because they're really quick and they fit well with my army. They've all got the blowpipes. Five Judicators, because they're actual effective, reliable shooting. And five Doomfire Warlocks, because they are a fast wizard. Um, their spell is pretty good but mostly they're fast. Um, they're not allowed in combat. I've banned myself from that. It's never a good Did idea. Did
1: you, um, you know they've changed? Really? Because they're
0: in the Daughters of Cain book. Are they good now? Yeah, and they're cheaper.
1: Oh. So they're, I
0: will be having a challenge. You, <laughs>
1: you need to have a look, because uh, I think they're 160 points now,
0: and okay, they come they with a shooting attack. Ooh, that's exciting. And
1: I think the spell's the same.
0: Okay. Well the spell was the spell was great. Um so I should probably go and read some rules. So just um, to let you know because obviously you are probably not aware. Uh yeah. Yeah, I I genuinely hadn't thought of that. I was all thinking about snake women and Marathi and just hadn't caught that whatsoever. Um so if I gain some points and my list gets a triumph then it's it's help I don't care about it on any of my monsters because they should have rerolls if I'm playing the game right. And if I'm not, then I've probably already lost. re uh, reroll to hit glade... on like
1: your Glade guard could be devastating.
0: Exactly, they're especially if you've got reroll the, to uh... win for mystical. So like, uh... yeah, hundred percent the prospect. Um, it also means that if someone's sh- like done one wound to the unit at least, and they've lost their plus one to hit, you can take damned and then go all in on that one turn. Um, and then I've got a summoning pool for a balewind vortex, um, which I'll be using Boom. to push my army forwards. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. So, a couple of things to note. Um, I'm not sure how many people are using them ab- abroad. Well, in America, uh, a lot of people are playing teams. So I imagine they're they're around the place a fair bit because it's another country and because it's not got the tighter set of rules written. I'm gonna sit down my opponent for each game and say, "I'm going to be using this like this. Are you cool with it?" So, the couple of things that I'm gonna have to ask are: uh, Does this like can it be on terrain? Because that's not listed anywhere um like on a hill it obviously it looks fine and normal but next to like a great big castle wall or whatever like if my my wizard casts it and he's standing right next to that does it get shunted away or do we hide one thing under the other or or janky it out or or things like that and um i'll just explain exactly how it works to make sure that there's no like ooh um at any point i think i've got pretty well practiced at that uh by now um so it should be fine I've taken exactly the same list <laughs> although you just informed me of two changes uh, yeah. that I've taken before because I'm going to play in a different country with random scenarios in a different meta and I've only got a very little narrow brain and I'm like unless it was a low model count army. me I wouldn't feel I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing and I can interact with my opponents nicely um, and I'm not spending all of my time consulting rules or stats or whatever so um, obviously I've done well with this list and I know it inside out and back to front, and I love playing with it, but it is a genuine consideration for me that I want to make sure that I'm kind of I'm giving my opponents as much of a chat as I can. And even though the list is very hard to play and I have to concentrate, at least I don't have to go to a book and consult everything every two minutes, which I just didn't want to be doing, especially while I'm on a holiday.
1: There is an event FAQ with the Bellwind Vortex, so you're aware. Okay. The Bellwind Vortex cannot be placed anywhere within seven of an objective. If an objective lands within that distance, such as from Starstrike or Gift from the Heavens, then you will move the vortex and accompanying hero by the shortest route away from the objective, so it's no longer within seven.
0: Amazing. Uh, that's that's fine. I never put it on. It's to um, stop people using it to
1: shut objectives down. I think. So
0: yeah, yeah. So I uh, I didn't tend to play mine like that anyway. Mine is there to push things forward. And so. it's the same with that, um, the Nurgle Narmors. also can't go near objectives. So. Yeah, they've mentioned Sylvaneth Woods yeah. and other stuff as well. They're they're obviously very concerned about that type of thing. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking. I know the list well. It does well in combat. Um, and i expect expecting to be in combat and against other thing. It's got a f- other things. It's got a fair bit of flexibility. Uh, I've played it against Fire Slayers twice now. In the hands of um, if, of good players and extremely good players. In AD's case, the only reason I lost against AD which I sorry I, I beat him, which I should have touched on earlier, was genuinely because he's a nice chap. He was stressed about the fact that his army was taking so long to play, and he made a mistake he wouldn't have made under other circumstances. Um, like i I played my game fairly solidly, I think, but he played really well until one point where he did one thing he shouldn't have and didn't move one unit because he he couldn't he literally couldn't couldn't be asked to go through the ball like of doing so with a clock against him, and um that just allowed my dragon to go on an absolute wrecking spree, and I won the game because he was overstressed by quantity of models um but I've had practice against them a couple of times now, feel fairly confident and it's just like playing Bloodletters. So I devised this list when I was uh, mindful that Bloodletters were going to be everywhere, and I just treat Fire Slayers the same, and I think I'll probably treat Daughters of Cain exactly the same as well. So I know the drill, it should be all right, and I should be able to play without having to consult my book 70 times a game, which will also be good.
1: Yeah, I'm on the opposite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it sounds like you've got a pretty good idea of what your stuff does it may it just may be like, because
1: I think it was last night or the night before where I basically got the book in bed and I spent forty five minutes just reading everything.
0: Um, all right then, but yeah. So you've done your homework though. That's how to be a good <clears throat> opponent one hundred and one.
1: Yeah, I mean, not I, that I, I've, I'm having a wobble about the command trait now. Whether I mean, pestilent breath is the right one, but I think I'm going to use pestilent breath this weekend at the Cheltenham event and just to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, and then you can print off set lists last minute
1: and. Yeah, I'm going to print Whatever. two sets of lists out um, because I don't have a printer at home, and I'm I'm off work basically. Um, so I'm only in Thursday, Friday this week, and I'm off. So um, I'm going to do that, and then uh, yeah,
0: just just choose which one I want. Um, so I'm genuinely upset about my battle mage. If I'd known that and read the pack, then I might have painted <laughs> up a mystery psy or something. It's actually um, quite
1: interesting because it's not it's not in. It's in the basic rules and army composition bit, not in the FAQ, because basically it's under what you've got to put on your list, and it specifically mentions it. Um, the same as like if you've got any wildwoods, you've got to actually put them on your yeah, list. Yeah, I noticed that. So you you can't say. Like you can't not if you don't put them on your list, you can't use them. So I got I got to make I guess sure that's I to put three feculent normals on my list. So um.
0: yeah, I guess that's to stop people from having a, a box that's opaque. They don't tell people about, and they're like surprise: if seven hundred of this thing that's actually really important in the game. Yeah,
1: um, I
0: think I think it's okay.
1: Like I think I think reading the pack, there's a lot of stuff in here that we don't have in the UK because people don't tend to do that stuff. It's more like a gentleman's agreement.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's a lot of stuff that's covered in the five minutes as you begin the game and say, we're going to roll dice flat on the table, do scenario like this, I tend to play this like this, we'll measure to the base, et etc. et cetera. And
1: it's like there's a dice etiquette bit?
0: Yeah, I noticed that like, one as well.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I remember the rules pack from um, the Warhammer Player Society back in the day, and there was a five-page document about etiquette and rolling dice and all the rest of it, and it was just like... It's a bit like, really. Do you really have to write this out? Um, <laughs> uh,
0: but obviously you did. So uh, yeah, it's. I guess it, it's when there's that many people just cutting down on queries is probably very, very high on um on everyone's agenda just for smooth running and round timings and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. A bit, a bit surprised. Like I just read about the normals can't be near objectives, I'm a bit surprised at that because it don't actually stop you moving. Um, so I guess if you yeah, put three I, next to each other, all over the top of an objective, but
0: well, yeah, they've not said how you treat. Like I guess the the trees are quite big on them, so you could guard something from someone putting their being able to reach an objective with a dragon or something like that.
1: No, not really, because they fly. So you just say abstractly, I'm stood on top of it because that's in the rules. You know, so
0: yeah, I guess people don't tend to do that. though. It is like mm-hmm. not that. I know they should, but you don't tend to see things hovering on top of trees very often. Um Yeah.
1: I mean to be honest, like the I I'm not that bothered about it. It's just it just I don't like things that restrict restricting the placement of my trees. It's kind of they're kind of restricted in how you place them anyway, so it's
0: Yeah, I mean a bit frustrating. They're also that's changing the fundamentals of the rules. Like, obviously, I, I know the example of my battle mage. I like using him. How his rules are written, being you choose at the start. Like, I think it's on deployment. Yeah. Basically, you choose. Um, fundamentally, changing that is sad for me. Like, there's other things that are quite fun. Like, I think there's some ogre stuff that you can change, or um, maybe it's manitas or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but it seems a bit of a shame. I can see why they've done it though, and at, <laughs> at least you pointed it out to me.
1: Yeah, I read the pack, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. there is surprise, one surprise. thing in the pack which I think is a bit strange so one of the basic rules is if at any time you or your opponent have no models left on the table with, oh, with yeah. no additional units to set up the game is over immediately so if I table someone but I turn I 3 points. and I'm going to win an objectives in turn 4 and 5
0: I would lose I think that one's really weird. <laughs>
1: uh, that's a bizarre. That's bizarre, isn't
0: it? Someone who tends to be behind until I've kind of consolidated, and then I make the most of objectives being worth more in like rounds four and five in a mm. lot of scenarios. That would really, really upset me because I go into autopilot, think like, "Oh, you've got this. You've played well," and then someone would be like, "Excuse me." That's a sort
1: of like house rule, where if you don't know about it, and then you you battering someone and then they go haha well actually because you killed that yeah. model
0: and you're like really poker face poker face poker face poker. really come on <laughs> um, you just look at them while they're trying not to make eye contact with you and then they just say like I got this game bro and you are like what yeah. you are like it did what
1: um, <laughs> so I think that's interesting um, not sure if I'm
0: a fan but no yeah, it seems like an oddity if anything uh,
1: we'll see I mean I think if I'm aware of it it's fine um so yeah, so um I like the fact you gotta bring seven copies of your army list that's a good number for me. I like that.
0: Yep. <laughs> so, uh, day, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm really excited about playing with the army. Um I haven't played any games with it and I'm really pumped for the idea of it. Um I do have an alternate list which is a Soul Grinder and uh, Chaos Warriors in it, but um which is painted. Um but I haven't um that's not what I'm gonna take, but yeah, that's it's quite interesting. Um yeah, that will be good. So that's it. I guess not much more to say about our prep is there,
0: really? No, that's that's pretty much got it covered, really. I'm excited for it. Uh please, please, please come and say hello. Um and I'm just looking forward to meeting people.
1: Yeah. Um Come see us, come say hello. I'm trying to wear my face hammer tops but um it's quite a long event, so I'm not gonna wear them every day 'cause they're gonna start the myth after a while, so um <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll wear my face hammer top, um, probably during the events, um, the championship. Uh hopefully if you see us, um, come say hello. You know, we we're there to, to have fun, so Hopefully, uh, we get to meet all of our people over there. And If you listen to the show as well, feel free to come speak to us and um, tell us what you think. We'll promptly ignore you. Um, oh, no, I just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> it should be good. Uh, I might take the mobile recorder out, but I haven't decided yet. So um, I don't know if I
0: got a couple of couple of solid Samsung phones. Their recording quality is fairly yeah. surprisingly good. At That's
1: actually. not a bad shout to be fair. But um, I might. I might. It doesn't take up a lot of room, so I might just chuck it in my, my suitcase. I'll put it in why not you know might rather have it and not use it than want it and not have it if that makes sense Right, cool well i think that wraps it up um hopefully the show was useful people wasn't too rambling i know we, we jumped around a lot but um it's kind of a bit more of a chatty show anyway um so we will do a nagash review stop asking please
0: um <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll also do an Adepticon roundup. There wasn't really any time to do the pre adepticon apart from the last moment we could pre adepticon
1: yeah, And so. we'll probably cover the Chump Chump Invitational. Um, we've also going to have another battle tone review to do shortly, um, and then it's the South Coast lead up, and of course, Face Hammer GT 2018 is on. Going the I'm seeing 22nd and 23rd of September. Uh, and twenty first. We're probably gonna run spire on the Friday rather than the thousand points.
0: Uh which we I think it's pretty much mandatory that people come on Friday now so I can chat to them yeah. and we can hang out. Yeah.
1: And I'm gonna run a Shade spire event, so I'll probably sell tickets for that separately. So if people want to play Shade Spire but don't want to play the championship, then you know that'll,
0: that'll be welcome. done as
1: well. So uh details will be going up shortly. Uh, I'm planning to put the tickets on sale on April the first. Um, but hmm. I need to coordinate that with uh the element games guys so whether or not we can get our stuff in order before um, Adepticon kind of gets in the way of everything, Uh, hopefully we can But I've got a couple of days off so I'm going to try and get that sorted Um, but we will be putting a blog post up as well explaining that and some tweets so uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you guys there and we'd really appreciate if anyone wants to come along and got any questions get in touch um, just to give you an idea of the pack it'll be basically general's handbook um out of the bot, out of the book uh match play uh painting competition on the saturday night shades bar on the friday night um painting awards uh we will probably do an extra painting award for the coolest army and we yeah. Bob, it might expand the painting prizes rather than being winner running up to one two three um
0: yeah just because we had a very very difficult yeah. decision last year i like it was it was extremely hard for me not to be in a situation like to be in the situation i was in and not pick particularly there were two armies that i i was like well i've not given them an award and i feel bad
1: <laughs> yeah, i think i think it was the quality the first year was a bit smaller the event and two prizes made sense uh this year because it's last year because it was big uh we kind of got to the awards and was like i really wish we could give out four or five prizes but uh we just didn't didn't have them so
0: um, a lot of people stepped up with their prep it, and were yeah, awarded was, we didn't have enough awards the
1: showing was uh, pretty epic it turns out when you have engraved swords people kind of want to win them which is mm-hmm. nice and uh, Graham Shirley basically took them all so um, you can blame him he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely lovely painting so um, looking forward to to that um, and we will put more details on the website etc cetera, etc cetera um cool so um hopefully i'll see you at Adepticon um or um see you at Facehammer, or see you at south coast but um if not then cool thanks for listening and we'll speak to you soon to make sure you don't miss out on any more hammer to your face subscribe to us on itunes add our rss feed to your reader and follow us on twitter at facehammer underscore we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening